Hey everyone and welcome to Almost Cancelled, I'm Peter, that is Connor and we are going to talk about Westworld Season 1, Episode 3. It's called The Stray, full spoilers for the episode will follow. This was another fantastic episode, it's getting to the point now where if we get an episode that's not like at least great, I'll be disappointed because the standard's been so high. It would almost feel like a wasted episode. Yes, uh, a lot of great things to talk about this episode. Before we get started on the actual episode, though, I do want to mention a theory that was kicking around the internet uh, this week. It came from Reddit. I don't have the Reddit's username specifically at hand, but I will say that for half of this episode, I was thinking, huh, maybe that's true. Some of it's driving here. But then but then a the couple of things kind of made me think not so much. But the theory was that William, who's a character played by Jimmy Simpson, the, the one who... Uh, picked the white hat last week, he just arrived in the park and he's been kind of timid and not really wanting to get into shooting and all that. The theory was is that his scenes were set in the past and that he was actually the man in black. Yeah, I saw this. It was sort of those things where there wasn't enough to disprove it at the time. There wasn't, no. And I thought it was an okay theory. I thought, oh, you know, they did set up the idea that Dolores was one of the oldest yeah. host in the park so you know that would kind of work if if they claimed that her scenes were going on that long but of course this was a theory that happened after two episodes and i feel that like episode three pretty much debunked it yeah i mean i guess they could still find a way to do it if they wanted to but it feels like it's not that it does feel like it's not that so I wanted to put that out there, though, because when I read that this week, I did think it was interesting. And I, I did have it in my head getting into this episode. Mm, okay. But, uh, no, so, the primary storyline of this episode was back to Dolores and that of Bernard. And we get more of, we even started with him talking to her in his secret meetings, you know, outside of what's meant to be happening. There was more of this. Speaking of just how it started, it mm. wasn't quite the same as the last two. No, we did get there, we got that shot, but it wasn't at the start, it was after the opening scene. That said, we did start still on her face. Yes, but I think there's a reason for all this. Okay. Well, I say all this, I don't mean all this, but I think the reason why we start on her but not her at the start of the loop is actually symbolic of her character right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what we're going to talk about, sort of her storyline throughout this episode, and Bernard, because he gives her Alice in Wonderland. He gives her a present, which is weird enough as in and of itself. Aye. And you could, you know, even before you talk about what they even mention, you could say, oh, well, you know, the first thing you think about with Alice in Wonderland typically is the phrase jumping out the rabbit hole or going deeper into the rabbit hole. You know, that's kind of the, one of the first thematic things you might think of. Yeah, there's a few like that and through the looking glass, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's another one, actually. That's a good one. But, you know, you, you, and you can sort of apply that to the show. And I was thinking, all right, okay, I can see how those kind of fit. And he gets her to read this very specific... Passage. Passage, thank you. That was the word. And, again, that feels like it's correlating kind of as to her sort of becoming more sentient and realising things and all that. But there's a lot of other bits come out of this opening scene we find out uh, that Bernard had a child, had a son, and it's funny because I thought his response to her when he's when she asked, "Where's your son now?" and he's he's in a place you wouldn't understand. 
Now, I thought they were going to leave that be more ambiguous for a while, because I thought, okay, that sounds like he's dead, but... but it they... could just mean out of this place. Yeah, they, they could swerve that to mean a number of things, but no, but halfway through the episode, we know he's dead. Yeah. His son died. And I think, obviously, there's a lot of stuff with Dolores herself, and we see her play out her loop again, we see her meet Teddy, and we see her react slightly differently. You know, we see her... You know, that whole scene where she talks about, no, someday just means never. Let's go now. Like, she's trying to change things. It's like almost her becoming more sentient is forcing her to want to alter what the path is. Yeah. And even in the scene we see with uh, Ford talking to Ted, and he's like, oh, this is your programming. You're designed to keep her there. So I that... think it's an idea that she's beginning to see it as a prison. So she wants more freedom essentially but in this case freedom is just the ability to go elsewhere yeah although I, I like there's even more specific things to that but we'll get to that when we yeah. talk about the 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 end of our storyline but you know so, so yeah even his purpose is to keep her there we'll, we'll get to his other branch of this storyline after the words but she is trying to change things and we see her react differently when I mean, we see it happen again we see her have almost the same conversation again and we've also seen it in the first episode but this time when he says uh, someday, it's when he's teaching her to shoot the gun or he's trying yeah. to, which very interesting is she can't shoot the gun she physically can't pull the trigger which is actually explained in another scene with uh, Hemsworth security guy and Elsie because they go into the park to deal with this other rogue host that's went off wandering and they establish the idea that only the characters who are supposed to fire guns can actually do it yeah, to the point where the the, the other coaches can't even pick up an axe. Yeah, they're not allowed to touch the axe because it's a weapon. That reminds me, axes and now surely they're far more dangerous than the guns. Because how do they protect those from against people? Because like with the guns, you know, they fire the guns at them and it just works like a blank. I imagine they swing an axe. I imagine it's the same way that they can't pick them up. Like you know, they just they just can't do it. They can't swing it yeah. at them. Fair enough. Yeah, but the same way. I mean, obviously, if it's malfunctioning, then there's a whole different story. Yeah. But uh, you know, but if they're still working as they're meant to, that that'd be. My yeah, guess. yeah. Just because the idea is, even if they're broken, they could still shoot a gun and it might not work. Yeah, yeah. But if they swung an axe, you know. Yeah. yeah, but what I was saying though is, like in that scene where you know the, the sheriff comes off oh, these people are in the hills, we need to go and find Wyatt, blah blah blah, and he's like, "All right, I'll be back someday soon," and it's when he says someday. Her eyes are like, not that word again. Like, mm. And it's this moment of recognition where even if she doesn't consciously realise it, there's like a sadness to that word that you see in her eyes. Yeah, it's like she knows. She's got. She's had the same thought of what that means. Mm. And she, you even see at the start of the episode, she, she's having flashes of what the man in black did when we seen him in the first episode where he, he took her into the barn and he's all, let's get reacquainted with a knife and that whole thing. And it's really interesting because I think the parallels between her and Bernard keep building as the episode goes on. Because Bernard, we see him have a conversation with his wife or his ex-wife. I'm, I'm not sure if they, they clarified if they're still... They didn't. It was kind of vague. It was like the, the way they were talking felt like they were separated, but then they were still kind of close. I, th- I think they're probably not divorced, maybe, but because of what went down, because their, their child died, yeah. he's just thrown himself into his work, so he's always there and she's back yeah. home. Uh, or maybe they are divorced, but they still keep close to try and get themselves mm. through this. I don't know. It was kind of left either way, I think. Yeah. His wife, by the way, is played by Gina Torres uh, of Firefly fame. It was nice to see her face. Uh, 
But uh, but no, some very interesting things that came up in that conversation for me mm. is when she starts talking about, do you ever wish you could wake up and not remember? You know, because of the pain, not remember him because mm. of the pain of losing him. And he says, well, no, because the pain of him is all I have left. Yeah. And I thought, this is very interesting because to me, this is exactly what Dolores has. She wakes up every day and her life is reset. And she forgets whatever ever horrible thing happened the day before, whatever, you know. And he's taken that away from her. He's actually the one who's implanted this new coding or whatever into her. so Because even at the end, in that not the final scene, but the final time they talk, when he speaks to her again, he even he talks about her loop in front of her and she's aware that she's in a loop and that she's acting out this loop. She's aware of that now. There was something else I found really interesting in that conversation where he says sometimes he wakes up and for a second yeah, yeah. He, he he has forgotten, essentially. And it's like such a, again, it's like the complete opposite of Dolores where she is ignorant until she has these flashes every so often, which is kind of the opposite there as well. But at, this, at the same time, you can kind of see how it parallels and how mm. almost... I mean, you can also look at it from a, someone who created life and then lost it through his son wanting to kind of do the same thing again in a weird, different way, where he's yeah. trying to make life through this other means. But just the parallel of that whole idea of, like, she can't get through whatever she's been through or get over whatever she's happened to her because she can't remember, because he has that luxury, even though it is as painful as it is. That's kind of what being alive is. And uh, so I thought that was all all great stuff. But after he, he talked, and we'll talk about the conversation he has with Ford because there was a lot of interesting backstory that popped up in that. But after he has that conversation, it sounds like he's changed his mind. Like after the scene with his wife, after the scene with Ford, it sounds like he wants to like revert her back to her original programming to stop whatever he's done because it might be a mistake. Yeah. And we see repeatedly as he talks to her, you know, the little triggers that she has where she'll say something, you know, at one point it says, right, stop the scripted responses, you know, so she won't say like, her generic line about, you know, like, mm. I can't remember what the, the line was, but it was, you know, just stock answer to something. Yeah. And El- the first scene in the episode, at one point, she asked about his son and he immediately said, why did you ask that? He was like, you know, analysis, why did you ask that? And she said, Oh, because it's uh, asking a personal question builds a bond. It's built into my system. You know, she gave like an answer. This is why I asked that question. Yeah. And the next time they talk later, later on in the episode, she uh, talks about not wanting to go back to her original code. And she talks about how she's not really two people, and that once she finds who she is, she'll be free. Hmm. And he asked the same question again. Analysis, why did you ask that? And she says, I don't know. And There it is. Th- there it is. That's the spark of life, right? That's like yeah. that's just an idea. That's not That's exactly what it is. That is that that is essentially the moment where yeah. it's happened. It's gone from there was a reason, it was a computer generated algorithm to this was a spontane- spontaneous thought. And that's when he completely Rechanges his mind and he's like no i'm not changing this i'm not fixing this and that's that's when he says right remember and stay in your loop don't tell anyone about this and it's it's because he has essentially become god and obviously this parallels the, the scene he has with ford as well 
with uh, some nice tie-ins there. But I think it's part of it is is pride and the idea that he wants to feel like a god, essentially. Yeah, I think that part of that's there. Um, I think because even Ford talked about people wanting power, mm. and that's obviously a form of power as being a god. But at the same time, like I, I do think a lot of it is that fatherly, you know, that loss that he oh, felt, yeah. and I think a lot of it is like maybe it's less about. I mean, obviously, you can make the god p- parallels, but maybe it's less about the want of being a god, but the idea that creation of life is being a god. But so, do in a way, we all get to be gods in a sense by having yeah. child children. You know, like that's as close to being gods as we can be because that's the whole idea is the creation of life, mm. and you know, you can almost put them together, and that's what that says. That's why he's doing this, and he sees those sparks of life in her, and. Uh, of course, again, coming back to her not being able to pull the trigger and her starting to remember things, she goes back into the park because he takes her out not before the end of the day. It's like, it's night time in the park but it's not the end of the story because she's riding home and like we've seen earlier on in this episode, like we've seen in the first episode she hears the gunshots, the you know the, the cows or whoever are running out and she says the line about, oh, they're not meant to be out this late at night, you know, my dad wouldn't let, her, let them out. And she goes up and she plays through the scenario but when this other guy takes her into the the barn she grabs his gun and interestingly and a very interesting part and again this will come back in the Ford conversation is she hears a voice yeah she hesitates she can't pull the trigger at first then she gets a flash again of the man in black and she hears a voice say kill him yeah there's something uh, I'll get to it a little bit later on but in general I think language is the key to everything in this show okay I mean that's obviously one thing there but I think it's uh, we've had it in the, the Alice in Wonderland stuff it's it's written language one of the triggers or what seemed to be a trigger in the last few episodes of making them go rogue was uh, when they said um, from Romeo and Juliet there these violent delights have violent ends that seemed to be almost a trigger um, now we've got this stuff with Ford talking about how hearing voices, uh, we know as a fact, as an evolutionary thing, language is what formed society because society doesn't exist without language. So I'm wondering if that's going to be very important there. I would go beyond language, actually. I would just, I would just simply say communication mm, yeah. and, and the sharing of ideas. Which obviously yeah. language is a tool for that, but I mean, like I think at the core, that's what it is, rather yeah, than yeah. just the words themselves, you know. But but you say yeah. that, but it's very specific words, isn't it? It's you know how, uh, again to get to the Ford stuff, he talks about the the verbal commands. They are they're specific trigger phrases, aren't they? It's not just communication; it's specific language. Yeah, true. But I, I, about that would have to be though, right? Like you wouldn't just have random different versions of that you could say. There'd have to be trigger phrases that would work. Yeah, but it's interesting that they kept those phrases. Because if if you look at going back to Dolores though, right? Mm. The whole idea that she has automated responses, like specific phrases, can be programmed, and yes. that's what they are. Whereas the whole idea is that once she like thought of something that wasn't triggered that wasn't just a, an algorithm or automated or programmed that was the spark of life mm. so i'm thinking like the repetition of phrases the repetition of these things is actually not the symbol of 
like the life coming. It's actually the symbol of the the restraints of the past. It's the restraints mm. of the program. It's the restraints of how they were built and how they were designed. Whereas when they can actually say something else that they've never been told is when they're free. That makes sense. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> A bit of analysis for you. Um, yeah. So that's the with Ford, where uh, Bernard talks to Ford, and he because the, the the milk guy I'll, I'll call him the milk guy from episode one I believe when he you know the one who went nuts and like shot a bunch of other yeah. hosts and they had milk pouring through his bullet holes they they got like footage of him talking to someone like he was hearing a voice someone called Arnold and mm-hmm. apparently so was uh, Dolores's dad yeah he was also talking to someone named Arnold and it turns out that um, Ford had a partner which by the way uh, CGI young Anthony Hopkins in the flashback. Mm thoughts yeah it's all right yeah it was fine it was... i mean we've seen better seen worse i've seen what it was better than x-men last stand uh young face yeah. but then it wasn't as good as say the uh the recent marvel movies that were doing it which one uh we did we had it in ant-man we had it in civil war yeah there you go ant-man that's a good example yeah no it's fair but uh no so we found out that he had a partner named arnold who died um, Diddy balls. <laughs> well, well, let me finish what the the gist of the backstory was before we get into some theories here, shall we? So he said he died, and uh, they were there for three years before the park ever opened, just like building the park, building all the the hosts, and like training them and trying to get them to. And Arnold was kind of like, he he wasn't there to build a park. He wasn't there to just like you know have the host fulfilled a purpose he was actually looking for the spark of life and he was trying to like do more than that and he had this pyramid pyramid of like consciousness which was you know like memories uh i can't remember what the other two layers were but they talked about how the, the peak the, the the final layer which they couldn't quite crack was oh, i can't remember what the phrase was the uh the name for it bicanical mind alex it's, it's something like yeah. that yeah um but the whole idea that consciousness is like the voice of god but and i kind of get and it's funny because i when they talked about it i was thinking you know i don't believe i'm hearing a god but when i do think when i'm thinking about stuff i do think in in my voice i think you know with words yes but again they do specify this was how they they thought early humans yeah thought of consciousness not as we are today yeah which they say is disproved but the whole idea here was that, yeah, it's disproved for actual humans, but in terms of trying to kickstart, like, an artificial intelligence... It might work, yeah. Yeah. And uh, and again, that, that ties into the whole Dolores hearing the voice, kill him. Which I thought was very interesting that, like you say, we hear consciousness as our own voice. Even yeah. if we don't... like, Even if as a, a person, you would think if we're hearing it as a god, they still might hear it as their own voice still. It's very interesting that she doesn't. And she does hear it as a distinct, separate thing telling yeah, her to do it's something. A, it's a male voice, and we could probably, yeah. I could probably go back and listen to it again and try and pinpoint who, because I feel like it probably is either Bernard or maybe even the Man in Black. Probably Bernard. Or Ford. Or Ford, yeah. Ford I, I, I felt because like, obviously Ford is essentially the creator yeah. of her, you know, way back when. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, but you know, you know, it could be any of those uh, for various reasons. Yeah. And uh, no, so th- that was really interesting. And I, you know, maybe maybe we'll get to a point later in the season or just later in the show in general where it becomes her voice, where maybe that's where she truly becomes self-aware and sentient. 
yeah, the idea where she recognizes it's not an outside force of God, but it is herself. Yeah, like maybe this is just the this is the kickstarting of the consciousness, but we're not quite. That's what it is. Maybe it's like it's too soon for them to accept consciousness. She can't. She wouldn't be able to deal with the idea of having a thought that wasn't like just there. It was because you know you don't just have a thought there. You like you say you you hear your voice almost tell it to you uh, if you're thinking about something anyway. You have your yeah. spontaneous thoughts, obviously, but she wouldn't be able to cope with that because she would never have experienced that. Yeah, obviously, there's multiple types of thoughts that you have. If you if you hear a noise, you don't think, "Oh, I need to turn my head." You just do it. It's an instinct. Yeah. You just you, you you sense the that there may be a danger or something in but the corner. But then you might think, "Oh, what was that?" Yeah, but you think of that second, like yeah, your, so your instinct. It's, it's, yeah, your reaction comes first, and yeah. then you have the the. The, the thought in language essentially yeah afterwards when you start to process what you just went through mm. but your instincts do kick in and i feel like there are at least she's at the point where she has the instincts well see i think that this is saying she's past that this, well, this... well yeah but i'm saying like she's not like she's got the instincts we're at the point where she's hearing the voice of god essentially but she's not yeah. her own voice yet you know like... yeah that's so she's got instinct that she's got the, the voice part that's you know so it's the, the conscious thought telling her something Next step is it's her voice. Hmm. Has to be, surely. Yeah. And also, I don't think... Yeah, she doesn't understand her thoughts yet. Partly because she doesn't hear them in her own voice, but I, what I mean is she doesn't... Like, you know, you know, a regular human being sits down and thinks about something and they understand what their thoughts are. You know, you're trying to decide something or whatever. Whereas I feel like she's having desires, she's having needs, she's having, mm-hmm. you know... Um, philosophical debates essentially in her head but she doesn't really understand what they are she just has them and she's kind of confused by them yeah which is why I think it's important that she hears it as someone else because I imagine it must be easier for them to comprehend the idea that they are speaking to a god than it is they are speaking to themselves almost because thought is not something they would have had and also there's something to consider as well you, we did think when we were kids when we were two years old we had thoughts but we didn't necessarily think about them in language because we couldn't speak yet yeah so even this type of development is something we can relate to human growth like you know this is something we all go through where there was a time in our lives where we we're starting to piece things together but mm. so it's almost like imagine if as two-year-olds we also had all this actual proper stuff programmed into us that could make us act like adults until the rest of the growth actually kicks in. You know, like, it's almost kind of like yeah, that. Yeah, she is essentially a child. Yeah. I mean, ch- I mean, child's even probably too far. It's more like a toddler or baby. Yeah. So, but no, there's a, there's a lot of interesting ideas at play there. So interesting. But I can't deny that the moment she fires that gun was like, yeah. Yeah, and now something just after, I, I, I think I need to rewatch it. What happened? Because it looked to me like she got shot. And then she was fine. Well, uh, well see, this, this was like, she sees the flash of the dad changing back to the old host and back yeah. again. And she, she's a flash of the man in black. This was, um, I was taking it as a flash of a previous similar time where she got mm. shot. But then it, it changed to what it actually was and she wasn't yet. So she ran knowing that she was in danger. Like, right, she, okay. made, she made a different decision because now she's thinking and she's remembering other versions of the loop. So now this is conscious decision making of... It's reasoned decision making rather than something else, because she's yeah. known that she's gone. Hang on, 
this is what could happen. I'm going to do something else. I'd almost argue it's still instinctual. Hmm? You could argue it is, I think. Yeah. Because she remembers that she, she'll get hurt if she doesn't go. She, she, okay, maybe it's pa- one step past instinctual. But I don't think it's yeah. quite full-on thought process yet. Yeah, it's not sense. reasoned thought. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, but of course that's when she runs off and she runs into William and his friend who we've not really seen much of in the episode. We see one scene of him early on mm. when he... When you know the criminals shooting up the place and he decides to shoot back. In fact, that was the one scene where I thought, oh, maybe this whole he's in the past theory kind of made sense because he gets shot by a host and he still goes down. And I thought, wait a minute, is this a twist? Is he <laughs> like, you know, I was like, where's it going with this? And he gets back up and he's still got like a, like a bruise where the the fake like bullet would have hit him essentially. Yeah. And the, his friend says, oh, you still get hurt a little bit. There'd be no game if they couldn't shoot yeah. back. It's just, just the shock of it that got him. And it made me think about uh, how the man in black in episode one was basically just standing there taking the shots as if he couldn't feel anything. Mm. And it almost made me wonder if, oh, has there been an advancement in this technology over No, I think time? it's just that he's been shot that many times, he's just immune to it. Because it doesn't hurt that much. It's a little stinging yeah. little... Oh, like, of course, well, yeah. It's less than a paintball by the look of it, like in terms of getting hit. Oh yeah, I'm not suggesting any of this now. By the end of the episode, I was off this theory, but I was just at the time that was where my head was at, trying to like, ah. process it. Obviously, at the end, her falling into his arms, like it could still work, except for the fact that she's getting flashes in the Man in Black, and it doesn't make sense if that's not happened yet. <laughs> yeah. Unless we're bringing in weird premonition stuff, which you know, that's not, that's not. We're not, we're not, we're not in time travel. Not there yet. No. Yeah. Uh, so, do you want to go back to Arthur? Is that the name? The, the Ford's friend, uh, partner from Star. Arnold. Arnold. I knew it was some, Sorry, I blanked for a second. So, could he be either Man in Black? Hmm, that's yeah, possible. He is not dead and he is at the centre of the maze that the Man in Black is hunting for. Possibly, possibly. Well, it was interesting because he said he died, and he said we called it an accident. But I knew Arthur, or no, I'm saying Arthur, you dick. No, <laughs> I I knew Arnold, and Arnold was like, you know, careful. He was always careful. And here's what I'm thinking, though. He may still be dead. Right? I'm not going to say that you're wrong. Like you could be alive, and this could be a swerve, mm. by all means. But I think whatever this this meta game is, whatever the man in black is hunting this maze, I think it's Arnold that put it there. Yeah. It's worth knowing because obviously the stray himself seemed to be following something that wasn't programmed as well, like the the, mm. the interest in the star charts. Yeah. And then, so he destroyed himself. Now, there's there's two ways of looking at it I can see. One, he was picked up the rock to Hermer, but his program wasn't so far gone that he could, so he just kind of stopped himself. I didn't take it that way. No, this is the, the, the more likely option, in my opinion, is that he's hiding something. Yeah, I took that as, okay, he knows he's going to get analysed and like read and scanned and whatever if yeah. they take him in. He he took out his computer, essentially. Because you know, that's brain. what they were going for. They were going for the head yeah. to take in, because that's, that's all they needed to analyse. Yeah. And he destroyed it before they could. Yeah, because see when she first found the uh, the sculptures and they had like the little things on them, I, I didn't immediately recognise them as star charts. Or the you know star signs. I I was thinking, oh, are they parts of the maze or something. I thought you know? that as well. Yeah. It wasn't until you know he mentioned it was the uh, 
the Orion. Orion, thank you. Um, the, I was like, oh, okay, fine, okay. Uh, which, you know, begs interesting questions in and of itself, I suppose. Like, I mean, I should probably get some uh, facts about uh, astrology up <laughs> just, to, just to see if anything relates to the, the themes of this show, but uh, that's, that's all very interesting. So, yeah, they go on the hunt for them, for, for him. Uh, I, I mentioned the, the other campers in a loop because they weren't allowed to touch the axe and this was the guy who was meant to cut the wood. Yeah. And he stormed off. Which is, I mean, for for all the stuff this show does, there's a lot of little fun things like that uh, that crop up, which are quite nice. It's interesting how the episodes are focusing on different things. Dolores has been a fairly prominent aspect in all three episodes, but I felt like episode one was more... No, it was not a lot of her, but you know, there was a fair amount of a lot of things in that. Whereas episode two was definitely more towards Maeve. Also, we didn't mention her yet. That moment where she sees uh, Teddy. Yeah. Yeah. And then she flashes back to... Well, I was, I was actually just getting to that, because uh, that's the only scene we really see her in this episode, is yeah. towards the start, and she sees Teddy. And she gets a quick flash of... Because uh, she's seen Teddy's like body in that you know that sorting room, essentially. You yeah. Know, where the parts were all getting exchanged and whatever. Um, and that's why we got a her. And we didn't even see the man in black in this episode outside of the the aforementioned flashes from yeah. Dolores. Uh, but it's all interesting. But let's talk about uh, Buddy. Sorry, Teddy. Sorry, I'm not getting used to the names, folks. Um, <laughs> I was like Teddy. I was like, who's Buddy? <laughs> yeah, Teddy. Well, that's what I didn't. You say that Arthur. I'm like, who the hell's Arthur? <laughs> but um, yeah, Teddy is like so. Ford's planning this new storyline, and he's. Like they say in the episode, he's cornered off a big part of the map to prep for this story. He's programming new things into some of the hosts. And interesting, actually, about Ford, is we saw a side of him that I don't think we'd seen yet, where he's a little bit more... Because like I, I think in the first episode, we were almost assuming that he was the one who maybe wanted them to be more human-like. Like, he was searching for more. But in this episode, not only was he like sort of critical of Arnold's want of that, we also see the scene where... He like he berates the employee for covering up the host because he doesn't want to look at his uh, junk, and he like takes the sheet away and he cuts the guy, the host, in the face to show that like he doesn't feel anything that we don't program to, so don't. It's interesting because taking it back to like the the kid last time, it felt very much like again to bring the idea that we're talking about like father father and sons and stuff, hmm. where it felt like he was imparting uh, his legacy onto this host. Yeah, I think, I wonder if he's conflicted, I wonder if he himself is, like, trying to, like, suss out what he believes they are, you know? Yeah, maybe that's why he's so harsh, because he doesn't want to believe it. Yeah, or... It's like a denial. Or or maybe it's the opposite, maybe he did believe it at one point, and then he had this harsh, like, realisation, and now he's, like... He won't let himself believe it again. Yeah, he's, like, angry about it, almost, that he yeah. let himself think it, and... Yeah, uh, but he, he seemed really harsh. But so he's he's programmed this new game, and uh, Teddy is given this new backstory. And I actually really really loved the scene where Ford is asking him about his backstory and like, do you know what your backstory is? Why you have this guilt? Well, you don't because we never bothered to give you one. Do you know what I find particularly interesting about this? Mm. Before we even get into what any of the backstory is, it's something that comes up later with the uh, with Elsie and, and the other guy, where she says they build everything from the backstories. It defines who they are. Yeah, but they never gave him one. Yeah, they, they, well, they gave him like a vague 
there's you know but it, it makes him almost like a vague person as a character like it makes him kind of which I, almost bland this is going to sound really insulting but i kind of think james marsden was perfect for that role <laughs> It was. <laughs> that sounds like a really insulting thing to say about an actor. But he was playing like the blandness yeah. perfectly. But that kind of works for him because it's it's kind of like when uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger played the Terminator and people said, "Oh, he's not really human-like. He's kind of robotic." Well, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, perfect. yeah, it is a similar thing. Yeah, perfect. So it's o- it's only insulting if they're in the wrong roles. Yeah, it's insulting in every other role he's ever played, but not this one. Exactly. But uh, no, no, I. Actually, that's a very good observation. That's a very good observation. But uh, so this new backstory they bring in, they bring in that he had this this evil like villain, almost this arch nemesis, this guy he used to be in the army with, who became villainous and like started killing like towns full of people and like you know you know they refer to him as the Satan himself or whatever you know he's the devil you know, and we see how this now plays into his like loop where the sheriff comes in and he's like. No, we've we've got a trace on Wyatt. He's up here, and the sheriff, uh, Teddy, and I think some guests. You know, I think the woman was a guest because the the prostitute like suggested earlier on, and the way her and the guy talked to each other, it sounded like they were guests because he was like, "We should have done the the love boat thing or whatever." He yeah, said. I think they were guests. Those two. Yeah, and they they go, and it's funny how like obviously we've seen the loop. Slightly different, but we've seen the loop a couple of times now. We understand what his days like and what. Dolores' days like typically mm. but now they've changed it up and he's got this new element where he goes hunting for this Wyatt and they get you know under fire from like you know from unseen people and then we see them and they're all they look cool I thought they looked quite creepy yeah they have these masks masks it's almost tribal but sort of maybe satanic yeah they kind of remind me of like like wolves almost I, I was almost thinking like witch doctors like uh yeah like I can see them chanting and doing like a spell yeah you know and they, interestingly enough, Teddy fires his gun at them and none of them take the hit, even though he clearly doesn't miss. Yeah. And, you know, obviously we've been trained to think that's maybe guests, but obviously <laughs> I I think it's more like, like the, assuming this is intentional, right, from Ford, that the storyline has these people who cannot, cannot be killed. This is their character. They're supernatural or they're whatever. Yeah. And... We don't get to see how that ends. We don't get to see what anything that happens beyond that. So presumably next episode we maybe see, you know, see Wyatt and see if he is the ringleader of them and that kind of thing. Something's just dawned on me. Go on. So we we talked earlier about how Ford had this conversation. Uh, was it was it Ford? You know, like Dolores is uh, Teddy's purpose. Sorry, is to keep Dolores there. Mm-hmm. So why has he changed it so now that he doesn't keep her there? He doesn't stay with her. He doesn't do anything. He goes off and he gets by the, presumably killed or captured, whatever happens to him. He is out of the picture for Dolores. Yes. That's that's why things are different for her at the end because, you know, usually Teddy's with her at the end of the day, right? Not always. It depends if they get well, interrupted. Right, if they don't get interrupted. Yeah. But that's that was what the story... If they don't get interrupted is what the storyline is. Teddy is with her and keep uh, at the end of the day. Sure. But to be fair, the, the main thing that he stopped her from doing was wanting to leave. So him not letting her go with him is what stops her from leaving, so... Yeah, maybe. And it just seems weird that he'd take him out of the picture like that entirely after so soon after that. 
But, uh, but he's not really. It's going to reset. When it resets, they'll go through the start of the day again and he'll get called away and he'll be like, we can't go just now, but someday soon I'll come back. And mm. that'll keep her there. So I, I don't think that's an intentional thing on his part. No, okay. I feel like it'll reset. If not daily, then it'll reset whenever the storyline ends. Right. Because as much as they said they reset daily, I assume some of the stories must take place over multiple days. Yeah, because some of them look like it's like a week-long thing, doesn't yeah. it? Like, there's no way they can be travelling this distance over one night. Yeah, unless each day is just programmed separately. So they sort of reset, but they're, they're programmed for day two of the story now. Yeah, it could be. Hmm. Mm. It's a thought. <laughs> um, but no, I thought that was very... And it, again, it's, it's impressive how we know this is all fake. We know that no one's really in any danger, but we care enough. And it's the same with Dolores. When, when the, uh, the host who's going to rape her, you know, and she fires, shoots him. We care that she shoots him because we know that she'll experience it. It doesn't matter that he's fake and that she's technically fake. That said, I was a little concerned for those two guests because when these tribal people mm. came out, they were all with knives, not guns. Yeah, that's true. But, so, uh, but again, they never went after them, you know. They didn't. T- which... Teddy violently saved them and said, run, I'll hold them off. And Yeah, they, they, that happened. But when they first jumped out, and because I'd already had this thought, you know, I mentioned about the axe earlier because that already happened and that was in my head. I was like, oh, hang on. Could th- this be something? I think right now there's no reason to suspect that there's anything going wrong. Like, you know, this is just what yeah. Ford has got written or planned. So, I think it's just because it's a new scenario that you just mm. question it for the first time. Yeah. So, no. Um, is, there, is there any any strands that we've not talked about? I don't know if there is. No, I think we covered it. A bit, a bit scattershot, but I think we got everything. Yeah, no, it's because everything's... And this is good rating, actually. Everything fed into everything else. It was actually really well put it's together. It's really hard to talk about just one thread for this show, because you just kind <laughs> it's... of... It's so connected. Because it's typically how we tackle shows, is we... Because usually you have an A plot, a B plot, maybe a C plot, you know? Yeah. And we'll do the A plot, we'll do the B plot, we'll do the C plot. It's that simple. It's easy enough. But with this, everything is so well interconnected, and if, even if it's not connected by plot is connected by themes yeah and it's easy to you know spread it into the other ones but like i say i think the parallels of bernard uh and his what he's going through in life and you know the loss of his son and wanting to forget but not wanting to forget and feeling the pain and how important that is to be human and imparting that onto dolores and giving her that opportunity i think that's the main thing to take away from this and i think that story in this episode to me was fascinating and i think it's great that this show just on a philosophical level, is fascinating. Even you know, not that the first episode was bad, but I'm saying that it doesn't need to have big shootouts. Or it doesn't need to have big, you know. It's posing some very deep questions about humanity. Yeah, and I, I don't think it's aiming to answer them, but it's just prodding at potential ideas. It doesn't need to answer them, I don't think. No, uh, no, I'm not saying it needs to either. I'm just saying I can see people wanting it to try to, but. Only it has to. I'll, I'll never answer those. I'll answer other things. What's the maze? Yeah. We'll get that answer. You know, oh yeah. Is Arnold alive? I'm sure we'll get that answer. But when it comes when it comes to posing questions about humanity, I, I think it, they would be foolish to even try to yeah, answer them. They'll just they'll just prod at different ideas, like yeah. like they've started doing already. Yeah, it's. I mean, I I think the 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 biggest question I have about anything in the world after watching this show is. There's a third Hemsworth. When did that happen? You know, I like. <laughs> you know, the, the first time I saw his name in the credits, I was like, "Wait, what? There's another one?" Because 
I genuinely just didn't know. I I I already thought of Liam as like diluted Chris, and now this poor guy's like, <laughs> just why? My question is, why would you become an actor at this point? <laughs> both of his brothers are Hemsworth. <laughs> why would oh, you do that to yourself? Of course, they're both Hemsworth. I meant actors, obviously. <laughs> both of his brothers. Are, of course, they're both Hemsworths. <laughs> So I just don't know why you do that to yourself. Why would you put yourself through those daily comparisons that you are just going to have forever, probably? Hey, to be fair, though, he may already have a better career than Liam, you know, with one great show. Because Liam... He might, but Liam's more of a name. Sure, but maybe not forever. Oh, maybe not. Maybe th- maybe this is this is the upswing. Maybe Luke is doing the smart thing and doing a really prestigious show first, and then he's going to go into movies. Yeah. Whereas Liam's done Hunger Games, which you know, whatever, and he was he was wasn't exactly a huge character in that. And I mean, the highlight of Liam's career for me is The Expendables too, which I love. Don't get me wrong, but it's hardly, you know, yeah, he's hardly Thor. Yeah, exactly. And then, <laughs> and then Chris just has whatever he wants. Yeah, correct. He's, he's the clear winner at this point. There is yeah. there's no arguing that. For now, for now. Look, looks. That's why I said at this point. Looks on the upswing. Believe yeah. it, folks. Looks coming from. But that's uh, this week's Westworld. Uh, let us know what you thought of the episode in the comments below. Uh, like and subscribe and all that stuff. Give us thoughts and theories. We love to hear them. Um, oh, by the way, end of episode two. The structure with the cross on top of it. We got some good comments about that. Apparently, that is an oil pump. How is it? I was being thinking it was just a church steeple, um, like the remains of a church. No, no. Uh, some, well, at least someone in the comments seemed pretty sure it was an oil oil pump or a bit of oil pump rigging of some sort. So fair enough. Um, and honestly, looking at it, I'm like, yeah, sure, I can I can see that, I guess. Yeah, um, I have no reason to think why not. I mean, um, like I said I just assumed it was a church leftovers, but then that brings the question: as who built the church in the first place? Mm, mm. Some of Arnold's creations doing things at night when the security team aren't looking. Yeah. It's all very interesting. But anyway, yeah, thanks very much for watching, guys. We will see you next time.